Welcome to episode 26 of Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church Presbyterian in Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Ross Hodges, and I'm here with uh, my two good friends, colleagues, uh, partners in crime, uh, <laughs> intellectual giants, these guys. Um, Where? Yeah. <laughs> actually, I don't think it's in this. I don't think they're here. But uh, here with uh, Reverend Dr. John Payne, Senior Minister of Christ Church, and Dr. Gabriel Williams, uh, Senior Fellow of Physics and Atmospheric <laughs> Hurricanes, or something to the effect, something at the College of Charleston. Uh, but brothers, we are uh, glad to be back together. Gabe, we're glad to be back with you. Um, Definitely. I think you've been around the world a few times since the last time we met. Yeah, I took a couple of hot air balloon trips around the world, <laughs> <laughs> landed in a couple of different nations. Now I'm back, settled, and back in Charleston, back to start school. Uh, we're glad you're here, and uh, we understand if you have to leave very quickly from the podcast today, uh, we know that your family is expecting a great blessing anytime now. Yes, it is. So my wife is about 39 weeks pregnant at this point, so it could be a phone call now, it could be sometime in the middle of the night, but we are quite ready to introduce Victoria to the rest of the world. Amen. Yes, and uh, I guess we need to get these uh, recordings in because you're not going to be sleeping for the next, uh, what, month or two? Yeah, three, yeah. three months, four months. <laughs> Years. <laughs> well, we are here uh, today, again, glad to be back with you, our uh, faithful audience. And we wanted today uh, to talk about um, the, the Christian life and the thirst for God, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, part of our union with Christ as those who have been brought from death to life and from darkness to life, light, is, um, is a, a, a very natural uh, thirst that we have to be near God. Uh, and we wanted to talk about the outworking of that in the Christian life. And so, um, John, uh, why don't you start us off just with giving us a, a biblical basis for this idea? Yes, uh, Ross, we have union with Christ, but that union includes communion, doesn't it? Uh, We are united to Christ by grace through faith, and so there's a forensic uh, union and justification there where we are forgiven of our sins, we are counted as righteous in God's sight, but a part of that is sanctification, of course, and communion with God. And part of that communion, of course, is us drawing near to him in prayer Mm -hmm. and through the reading of his word. And so I did want to read uh, from Psalm 63 where we get this language of thirsting for God and we see uh, the psalmist going between personal and private times of worship to to public worship and then then back again. And so I want to read uh, Psalm 63. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. 
But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exalt, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. And so we see here in the psalm, as it opens, this uh, beautiful longing and, uh, and ex uh, this expression of longing and thirsting after God uh, in private, and then moving in verse 2 to this looking upon God in the sanctuary. So we have this private longing to this public expression of worship and, and communicating uh, this steadfast love, uh, uh, which is better than life. And then it moves back to him actually on his bed in the, in the watches of the night, meditating upon the Lord. And so the Christian life is not something that just takes place on Sundays, nor is it something that 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 only takes place during the week. You know, some people just want to throw Sunday away as if, well, all the hypocrites worship God on Sunday. I worship him during the week. Right. Why would we cause that false division? The Christian life is about private worship mm -hmm. and public worship. And right. they both uh, feed each other, I yeah. think. Um, but I thought uh, as, we, as we discussed what to do in this podcast, it would be helpful perhaps for our listeners to talk about what is a devotional life. Uh, what does that look like? Are there different ways to do that? Are there ways to keep it fresh? Uh, so Gabriel, what are some things that you've done in your, your personal uh, devotions, or some call it a quiet time? Um, what, why is it important, and, and what do you do in your, own, in your own life? Sure. I think one of the analogies that I've used historically was to think about how uh, we as men, as you get older, you can have lots of hobbies. And one of the things, for instance, that comes up if you're a guy who likes cars, sometimes you would spend time in your garage just messing around with your car. You're fixing something about the engine. You are just shining the car. You're waxing it. And the idea is that you don't believe that just leaving the car there, is, <laughs> the car is going to just get magically cleaner or better or more efficient. Yeah. And so in the past, I used that analogy that if I treat my Christian life like a garden, you need to have lots of time, consistent time, cultivating that garden. And so for me, that is done practically in two ways. So the first would be early morning prayer. And so my whole uh, view is that if I wait until 8 p.m. after my day is over to get concentrated time in prayer, I'm either going to be distracted because I have the entire day that I'm thinking about, or it's just not going to happen. Things mm -hmm. come up. And so to me, I thought the principle would be, if the Old Testament says, give the first fruits of your offerings to the Lord, give the first fruits of my day. So that means I do not set my schedule after my prayer. I do my prayer, then set my schedule. Hmm. And so to me, what that has done is that it prioritizes the day. It also focuses what the actual purpose of your work is. And so hmm. if you, you know, like me, you have a pretty standard sort of job. And so it's easy to kind of get so absorbed in the work that you forget why God gave you a vocation. Yes. And ultimately, prayer in one sense kind of cultivates that. And the other reason is, in a practical sense, if you work in a normal secular world, you hear all sorts of things that are usually harmful to you if you just absorb it without thinking. Mm. In terms of the language that people speak, in terms of the general air of unbelief that occurs around you mm -hmm. in terms of the general disrespect for the things of God. Mm. Also, just in terms of the fact that most people you run into are not even thinking about God. Right. So there's a sense that people are living in a practical atheist sort of view. Having early morning prayer for me says that 
I am before the face of God at all times. It means that just because I'm going to a job and going to my work doesn't mean that God is now left off in my closet, isolated from the rest of what goes on. And the second thing for me is, for me, it's always been important to have very devoted scripture reading time. Mm -hmm. And what that has usually meant historically for me, and it's been the same thing these days, has been to say, I may not be able to get, say, a chapter and a half of reading done, but what I want to do is be able to read a section of scripture and have enough time to meditate upon it. And to me, it actually helps me to memorize scripture that way. And so I may not read as fast as most people would and say in the typical reading plan, but that which I do read sinks down deep. I get to meditate on it as I drive to work, as I walk to my office, as I eat lunch. All that time is spent thinking about what you read. And so for me, it cultivates what I heard, what I did in my prayer, and it builds upon my prayer because now I can pray according to the scriptures. Yeah, that's very helpful. Um, Ross, you and I have talked in the past about how some uh, who have some trends of what we call antinomianism, uh, who, who are rejoicing in the gospel, who are rightly rejoicing in their adoption, spiritual adoption, but uh, because of that, and perhaps they have had some legalism in their background and they, they disdain it so much that they want to throw off all the spiritual disciplines. They want to say, you know, we don't have to have quiet times. We don't have to do this and that. You know, God loves me just as I am. And how do we, how do we respond to those kinds of statements, which we want to rightly say, yeah, we hate legalism too. Yeah. We don't want yeah. people to think that by having a, a strict devotional life that somehow they have earned a part of their standing with God. Uh, however, we, we also want to encourage people to cultivate a, a good yeah. devotional life. So if you could maybe talk about that for a minute and also tell us about what you do in your own personal quiet time. Yeah, well, I, I, again, you're, you're right to point out that um, we don't earn or merit God's uh, favor or somehow increase our standing with him uh, through through Bible reading and prayer and those sorts of things, that would be a works righteousness which we abhor. It mm. would take away from the work of Christ, and mm. we add nothing to the work of Christ. And yeah, can you imagine saying, Lord, thank you that you sent your son to die for me, and my Bible reading is going to add a little something to make up for what Christ lacks. Right. It's I mean, absurd. Yeah, absurd. It's absurd when you stop to think about it. Um, but at the same time, we, we realize that when we're dealing in that category, we are dealing with the category of justification yes. and union with Christ and, um, and justification. But there's another category called sanctification, which is very important. It's part of the work that God is doing in us. Um, justification is something God does to us. It's an act um, that imputes to us the righteousness of Christ and, and cleanses us from our sin. But sanctification is a, a transformative process. And God uses means to transform us. Just as Gabriel was using the analogy a moment ago of a garden that needs to be tended, you can plant a garden. Um, I think I've mentioned before on the podcast, I grew up in the country and we had a garden and, and we had to get up early in the morning to go work in the garden every day and yep. at certain times of the year because it had to be daily uh, watered and weeds had to be pulled and those sorts of things. Those are the means by which a garden grows. Well, the Christian life as a garden, as uh, as the analogy goes, the Christian life needs to be tended. Um, and, and, and we can think about this in, in terms of just human relationships too, because part of what we're doing in prayer, or uh, what we are doing in prayer, and what we are doing 
with God's word is we are communing with God. We are um, having, a, in a sense, um, time with him. That's why we call it time alone with God. Um, it would be absurd for me to be married to my wife and never want to spend time with her mm. and to never want to further and deepen our relationship by by having devoted um you know husband and wife you know conversation and just taking walks together mm. you know those sorts of things and and uh, so we can we can think of those things in relationship uh to the way that we think about our relationship with God mm -hmm. To show that um, God gives us means to draw near to Him, James tells us uh, the, the book of James says, "Draw near to God, mm -hmm. and He will draw near to you." Which means there's a way to do that, mm -hmm. and there's also the the way that you won't be doing that. There's a flip side to that coin. Yes, this is uh, miles away from this idea that we need to let go and let God. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. We believe that God is working in us that which is pleasing in his sight but we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling right yeah and it's and it's never again we, we case all of this in the fact that it's not salvific we don't earn something um and yet it is necessary and it's good and so uh, for me personally it's looked different ways at different times in life now that we have a young child in the home who gets up at a certain time i've had to rearrange my morning schedule um uh, somewhat and for me, mornings are the best time. I'm like, Gabe, if, if I wait till the end of the day, it's either not going to happen from fatigue or if it does happen, it's, it's going to be, uh, my mind's going to be in a million different places. So first thing in the morning, early, um, and, and I've, I've gone back and forth. Some, it's, sometimes I'm doing like a, a reading plan like Robert Murray McShane where I'm trying to read large chunks of scripture in, in one sitting. Um, and, and then other times I'll slow down and I've I tended to go back and forth to where I, for you know maybe a year I'm trying to read faster and, and maybe try to get through the Bible um, or a large portion of it. And then other times I go much slower so I can chew on it a lot more. And then uh, what I've been doing most recently with prayer is doing um, written prayers. And I've, I've gone back and forth with this as well. And uh, w what I've found to be helpful uh, most recently is to, um, to take the passage that I've just read and then to, to, to engage in some brief written prayer um, that integrates the language of, of the scripture that I've yeah. just read um, mm. and tries to apply it uh, to the you know the situations in our life and that sort of thing. Um, now, all that being said, and I, I don't know if you brothers would agree with this, there's not one right way to yeah. do this. Of course. Um, it, it, it can look different for, for different people. Yeah, and I think uh, yes and no, right? The, the right way is always reading your Bible and praying, well, right. for sure. Of course, of course. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because course. some people think that just having a time of meditation or going for a walk would substitute for something like this, and it just right. doesn't. We need the pure milk of the Word mm -hmm. uh, for nourishment. Absolutely. Our faith will only grow strong and will only receive comfort and will only be... Uh, full of joy if we are engaged with God's promises and with the guidance of his law mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the Spirit of God uses the word it's the sword of the Spirit mm -hmm. it, it brings life and encouragement and nourishment and strength so so we want to read the word we want to, to, to pray the words um, yeah over the years I've done several things as well uh, currently I'm doing the one-year Bible reading plan and uh, it's going to take it's going to end up be the the 13 month uh, <laughs> right. reading plan I'm just finishing the one I did from last year but you know the goal is to around a year's time get through the Bible every year and that just gets you through all parts of scripture I think it's good to have a good diet of God's word so mm -hmm. 
uh, it's very easy for us to flip to the Psalms or to flip to Philippians or to, to go yeah. to more familiar gospel sure. passages yeah. kind of yeah. randomly, and then you're missing out on so much of what is given to us yeah. in the, the minor prophets, the yeah. major prophets, uh, the historical books, which yeah. are all uh, beneficial for our souls. And, um, and yes, time of prayer. I like to pray about the things that I've just read. Uh, pray for my family. I pray for my up-and-coming day. I, I pray for our church. Pray for missionaries. So much to pray about. And, uh, and then as a, as a minister, I will regularly uh, pray through the church directory right, uh, right. so that I am uh, praying for the families, for their children, for the various things going on in their lives. Uh, with the approach to church life that we have, which is that we want to be a church that shepherds the flock, mm -hmm. uh, we we know about what's going on in the lives of our people, and so we can yeah. pray for them with, um, you know, intelligently. We we yeah. know what's going on. We're not just saying God bless this person and God bless that person. We are able to pray for them very specifically about uh, what's going on, and that's a that's a real blessing. Over the years too, I've I've done uh, I've I've read sermons for my yeah. for my quiet hmm. time. I've yeah. Uh, for yeah. about a year, I read through Lloyd-Jones on Ephesians. Uh, I read one sermon a morning. It took me 20 minutes. And uh, mm -hmm. I'd read the sermon, reflect on it, pray. I read through Romans in the same fashion. It took me about a year and a half. Read mm -hmm. one sermon a morning. Again, it takes about 20 minutes. And, and so you're, you're getting the scripture. You're getting some excellent teaching. And that's uh, an idea. But I do think it's important to stay fresh, isn't it? Uh, we, are, yeah. we are human beings, and, and mm -hmm. we, we get in ruts, and it's good to shake things up a little bit. How have you guys done that in your quiet times over the years? Yeah, so I, I guess the simplest answer on my side is that when I looked at times when I'm dry, I go back to things I did when I first was converted as a teenager. Mm. So one of the things that... One of the things that sprung to me when I was a very young man was that there were certain Bible passages that when I meditate upon it, it automatically gave me zeal. So the most obvious one has to do with Romans eight twenty-eight through 30. Mm. Just thinking through what it means to have God himself not just working the good things in your life for his good and our own good, but to work all things, including the sins the failings, the mistakes, all those sort of things for uh, your own good. So there's certain passages that I kind of gravitate towards when it comes to just re kind of reviving my own kind of fires within my heart. A second thing, and it's been useful actually for the last two or three years when I think about just having me push on forward, has been listening. I, I used to in the past write down some of the encouraging words I've heard from older men uh, when I was maybe 17 or 18. And one of the things that I did was just to keep it as kind of something that you record because I can look back on it and hear the same words echo in my ear to press on forward. And the other thing, and this is to me currently, and I've been warned about this so much because I'm reading on things concerning sanctification, has been to realize how many things are attempting to uh, distract you and to take your affections yes and it's all around you and, and some things are obvious and then some things are kind of background static mm. where if you just live in it long enough you kind of feel yourself drifting and so in those times uh, that's why I actually own three or four different hymnals mm. and so in my case there are certain songs that I you know keep going back to 
when I want to kind of revive those things again, a more love to thee or Christ yes. or a rock of ages cleft for me. So f songs like that, which basically drive me back to the fundamental sort of things. And so to me, that's some of the things I do. Um, about you, Ross? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, um, various times over the years, I have also experienced getting in a, a rut and, um, I, as I as I reflect on those times, um, the Lord uh, invariably will bring you know a, a conversation or a situation in, into my life uh, that helps uh, sort of snap out of that. Um, typically, it's or, or you know a lot of times it it, it comes from uh, something directly related to the church and directly related to what's being preached or what's going on, um, uh, but also reading uh, various uh, various types of Christian literature, uh, whether it's Christian literature that's straight theology mm. or biography, um, biographies can can be hugely um, hugely influential in in one's life. Uh, but you know, cultural analysis uh, by Christians, those things kind of help me kind of step back and reset a lot of times. And then, and even just to go back to the Bible reading thing, various approaches to Bible reading can also help a lot when I've kind of felt like being in a rut, changing, changing up the, the plan. Last night, um, I knew I needed to go for a run. It had been a couple of days. <laughs> and uh, I looked at Marla and I said, Honey, the last thing I want to do right now is go for a run. <laughs> and I said, But I need to go for a run. And you know, once I got out there and the wind got in my face, yeah. I was well, so good. glad I was there and doing that and um, so refreshing, uh, clears the head. And you know, there's an analogy there. Uh, there are times when in our flesh, we just don't feel like reading our Bibles. We don't feel like yeah, sure. getting on our knees and praying. Sure. But once we begin doing it, we know we're doing the right thing. We're being blessed, we're being encouraged. And so part of this really is just discipline, isn't it? It's it is, just yeah. doing what we know that God says is, is, he's gonna bless. Yeah, and I, I would say a lot of, a lot of times our our wording is, you know, I just need to find time to do this. Mm -hmm. and, and I would say, actually, no, you need to, <laughs> you need to make, make time. time because yeah. you're, not, your, you're not going to your find wife. anything. <laughs> say that to your wife. I need to find some time for you, honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly, right. Yeah. Um, and, and really what we just need to do is is take a step back, look at the priorities in our lives, and realize that, that something is out of line. We make time for, for lots of things. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Shame on us if we're not making time uh, in, in categorizing our life in such a way, ordering our life in such a way, to where we're spending time with uh, with our Lord, because, um, like you say, I mean that, that wouldn't fly if it was with our spouse. So when we think of personal piety, when we think of worship, mm -hmm. uh, the Westminster Standards they they clearly communicate that uh, as Christians we worship in private, we worship as families, mm -hmm. and we worship as a body. Right. And so, what a beautiful cadence of the Christian life. Think of it this way. You wake up in the morning, you give the first fruits of your day to devotional exercises, you, you, you pray, you read scripture, you meditate on that. It doesn't need to be a long time, it could be 10 minutes of right. just focused time with the Lord, longer as, as you have the opportunity. Uh, and, and then in the evening, you gather with your family before or after dinner and open the scriptures again. Yes. And uh, read and pray and reflect and have a little instruction maybe with the catechism. Think about Psalm 92. 
It says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. Amen. That's the, what we see in Scripture as the pattern, morning and evening Amen. worship, not just for the Lord's day, mm -hmm. but for every day, yeah, every day. morning and evening. It makes sense, doesn't it? You begin your day with the Lord, you right. end your day with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so to have that, that, that pattern, if we want to call it the pattern of piety, Morning worship with the Lord personally, family worship yeah. after dinner to end the day, and then Lord's Day worship. Mm. And uh, so what a glorious thing it is to thirst after God and to, to engage in these exercises of worship and devotion. Shouldn't this be true of all of our lives in some measure? Amen. 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 Well, this has been a wonderful discussion on thirsting after God and uh, just the pattern of piety. We hope you have benefited from this, and we hope that you will join us once again next time on Between the Times.